week by week throughout the semester, throughout the whole academic year. There are about five seminarians at a time that would be on this rotation to go over early in the morning to St. Rita Church in New Orleans, which is like a block and a half from the seminary. We would unlock the church. We would have adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. We would do morning prayer with the parishioners and go straight into Mass. And then we'd go back to the seminary, have breakfast, and begin the day of classes. Now, one of my favorite things about doing that, well, probably my only favorite thing about doing that, because we had to get up at like four o'clock, be over there for quarter to five, open the church for five and take care of everything, was as you were there before the sun himself had risen, before Jesus, I think, was really even awake, even though we forced him out of the tabernacle, is watching the sun come up and then slowly lighting up the church. The lights were dim, spotlights on the altar with the blessed sacrament. But St. Rita Church, if you've never been, has these gorgeous stained glass windows. They're kind of an older style. There's a lot of vibrant colors. There's lots of blues, and they depict the saints, our Lord, our Lady. And there's one big window in particular that has the Assumption pictured. It's Mary being assumed into heaven, and the angels are around her. But what's beautiful about this image is two things in particular. Number one, the crown on her head. She's already queen. In the number two, the inscription at her feet that simply says, the mother of the king is queen. The mother of the king is queen. And that has always been the case. Even today, if you go over to Europe, the mother of the king is still queen in whatever countries still have the monarchy. If you go back to the Old Testament, the mother of the king who was ruling over Israel was still the queen. She didn't have all of the power. She didn't make her own rules or regulations. She didn't come down and was this authoritarian figure. But she still had this place of royal honor. And that's a reminder to us today, too, that yes, Mary is assumed body and soul into heaven, thanks be to God, because she has this freedom from sin that we don't yet have on this side of heaven. But with that assumption also comes the glory of the crown of freedom, the crown of glory, the crown of reigning with her son, Jesus Christ, the ultimate king, the only king in heaven. And we celebrate that because, yes, we praise the Blessed Mother, and in praising her, we also glorify and worship her son, Jesus, the king. But it's also a reminder to us that that is our destiny as well. It has to be our destiny. We started Mass by crowning a statue of the Blessed Mother, not as an act of worship, not as something just to add extra, but to remind us that that same honor we show Our Lady is that same honor that the Lord wishes to show us. The mother of the king is queen. The siblings, the family, the loved ones of the king are also royalty. By virtue of our baptism, when we rise from the waters of baptism, when we have that indelible mark on our soul that claim, claims us as a son, a daughter of God, as his beloved people that will never be wiped away. Do not forget your dignity. Do not forget who you are. Don't forget whose you are. This is a beautiful day. Yes, we celebrate the praises of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but we also celebrate the praises of Christ the King who calls us into that kingdom. Christ is the only King, and he reminds us that I have a place for you in my kingdom. I have a throne for you in my palace. I want you. Not because of what you can do for me, not because of what you can bring to the kingdom, but simply because you are. I created you and you are good. If you are baptized into the fullness of the church, if you receive confirmation, the Holy Eucharist, you are cleansed from your sins in confession. Whatever the case may be, you live this sacramental life and it's living the royal life of who the Lord invites you into. Himself. His kingdom. 
When you're baptized, you receive this threefold office of being a priest, a prophet, and a king. Maybe you've never heard of that before, and it can sound kind of really, really strange. Priest, prophet, and king. Priest of the royalty, the royal priesthood that we each have to go out and to sanctify the world. Simply by being able to read sacred scripture, we sanctify ourselves. The church teaches that anywhere scripture is proclaimed, that time and space is sanctified. Simply by reading the word of God. You can live your priestly role in that aspect. Your prophetic role, going and proclaiming the truth of the kingdom. Even if in a simple conversation, knowing the truth first of all and then proclaiming it and living that is living your royal prophetic role but also living your kingly role that that reign with god knowing whose you are who you are who he desires to be for you and knowing that on the other side of this life of yes claim it for what it is sometimes misery and pain and suffering hopefully also this life of joy and peace and gladness On the other side of this earthly life is that kingdom in which we will reign with him. It's not a consolation prize. It's not just saying, oh, we have nothing else to do, so let's just pretend that we're royalty. We are royalty. We are kings and queens in the court of our Lord. He invites us into that, but the way we get there is by what what Elizabeth said to the Blessed Mother. Yes, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But that other part she says we overlook too often. Blessed are you who believed that what the Lord spoke to you would be fulfilled. Think about what that means. Blessed are you who heard the word of God spoken to you and you believed that it would be fulfilled. That determines how we act, how we live our lives. If I believe that the Tigers are going to win some big game, I'm going to act confidently I'm going to talk trash to the other team, and I'm going to just be confident and stand my ground that we're going to win. It determines how we act. If I apply for a job and it went well and they said, okay, we'll give you a call back, but it's looking pretty good. If you believe that you're going to get the job, you're going to be happy. You're going to act confidently again. Why is it any different for us in our life of faith? When the Lord speaks that to us, that you are mine and I have a place for you in the kingdom, you just have to believe that that is the case and I'm going to provide everything that you need. We should act confidently. It is time for us as Christians and as Catholics to stop being cowards when it comes to proclaiming the truth of the kingdom. It is time for us to step up and to realize that come what may, come what distractions, sufferings, persecution, challenges, whatever the case may be, that we will stand firm knowing that this kingdom of this earth is not ours. Thanks be to God, because it's a passing kingdom. It's a fading kingdom, a fading glory. And yet the kingdom of heaven belongs to us because the Lord calls us home. He has a place for us. I'm going before you to prepare a place for you, but I will come back for you, he says. Be bold enough to believe that what is spoken to you by the Lord has been and will continue to be fulfilled. Maybe not in every aspect of what you're expecting. Maybe really not even what you're hoping for. But the Lord is still good and greater than any of our sins, and he has a crown waiting for us. Every time we remember that, every time we live our priestly role, our prophetic role, our kingly role, that crown is polished a little bit more. Another jewel is added to it. And each and every one looks so different because we're able to worship the Lord and draw near to Him in a way that no one else on the planet can worship Him or know Him or love Him. 
or most importantly, be loved by him. Wherever you are in your life, realize the dignity that you have. Realize the glory of this day that yes, our lady has gone before us. She reigns in heaven. But she also says, my son has a place for you here. Even James and John, where their mom went, hey, could you just give my sons a, a, just a little throne on your left and on your right? And he says, well, you will, but it's because you're going to drink from that same chalice of suffering. That glory is not just automatic. We can't earn it. We don't have to merit it for ourselves. We really can't do that. But the good news is that the Lord is so merciful and glorious and gracious to us that it awaits us. Every grace necessary to endure that suffering chalice, that temptation in life, that, that habitual sin over and over and over again, it wins for us that crown of victory. Do not give up. Do not forget your dignity. Do not forget where you came from and where we are going. Do not forget who you are and whose you are. The church gives us this day, and yes, puts the obligation to attend Mass. By the way, thank you for being here on this holy day of obligation. But thank you for drawing near to the kingdom of God and seeing him in a new light, in a new way, afresh, knowing that he loves you, he cherishes you, he calls you here, and you've answered. Continue to answer, continue to draw near, and yes, to know that the words that he speaks to you have been, are now, and always will continue to be fulfilled. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly support of $10, $25, or more reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at www.ctklsu.org.